I'm Kara Myberg-Guzman. And I'm Stephen Baxter. And this is Santa Cruz Local. You may be aware that the primary election in California is March 3rd. Some of you have voted for years, or you may be new to voting in Santa Cruz County. So in this episode, we want to start with the basics. We want to tell you about how to register to vote. We want to tell you how to cast your ballot. And we want to tell you about some of the things that have changed for this election. And finally, we'll break down what's on your ballot, what races to look for. And to be clear, we're not doing endorsements here. We're not telling you who to vote for. We're just talking about how to vote and what's on the ballot. We actually got this idea for a voting in Santa Cruz County 101 episode from our community engagement intern, Natalia Drescher. She met some of you at the Young Professionals Mixer who pitched this idea. We asked the rest of you in our newsletter and in our episode, and we got a dozen or so emails and tweets saying, yes, please give us this episode. So here it is. Voter turnout in Santa Cruz County is high. About 75% of eligible voters cast a ballot in the last election. I talked to Santa Cruz County Clerk and Registrar of Voters, Gail Pellerin, about why voter turnout is so high. Pellerin runs the county's elections. We're not the highest in the state. I believe Marin County is usually at the highest. But people are energized. They see how government impacts them and how elected officials impact them not only from the office of president, but down to city council or, or school board, or of course they're not on the ballot in March, but county supervisor. And so people are much more engaged in the election process and want to be involved. And one way, important way to make sure your voice is heard is to be casting that ballot at the ballot box. Here are some frequently asked questions about voting. Kara, in Santa Cruz County, how do you register to vote? There's a couple ways to register to vote. Number one, online at registertovote.ca.gov. You'll need your California driver's license and the last four digits of your social security number. Or you can go to the county clerk's office at 701 Ocean Street, room 310, or most government offices like the public libraries, the US post offices, DMVs, Lastly, you can also call the county clerk's office and request a voter registration card. The number is 831-454-2060. You can also call that number to check if you're registered to vote. You can also check your voter registration at votescount.com and look up your name. We'll put that link in the notes. Quick note, if you've changed your name, your address, or you want to change your political party, you'll need to re-register to vote. Stephen, next question, what is a primary election? The primary election in March basically sets up the general election in November. The big ticket race there, of course, is the Democratic presidential primary, which I'm sure many of you have been following. You have to request the right ballot to vote in that race. If you vote by mail and you're not registered as a Democrat and you want to vote in that race, you can, but you have to request that ballot. It's the same deal if you vote at the polls. Here's Gail Pellerin again. I think the most important thing that's happening in March is that if you are not registered with a qualified political party, so you are registered as no party preference, people will sometimes call it independent, they call it declined to state, they call it nonpartisan, whatever you call it, 
you're in this category of voters that for the election, you get to select a party ballot if that political party has authorized you to do that. We have six qualified political parties. Three of them have authorized the crossover voting. That's the Democratic Party, the American Independent Party, and the Libertarian Party. So if you want to vote, and if you're a no party preference voter, and you want to vote in one of those three presidential primaries, you need to request that ballot. How do you request that ballot? You either go to your polling site, or you can call that same number, 831-454-2060, or you can email info at votescount.com. Stephen, the March 3 election is not just a presidential primary election. It's also a primary for our local Board of Supervisors races. Can you tell us a little bit about how that works? If any of the county supervisors get more than 50% of the vote, then they don't have a runoff election in November. They just win outright. If none of the candidates get more than 50%, then the top two vote getters will appear on the November ballot in the general election. Okay, how to vote. Stephen, tell us about voting by mail. What is that? The election is March 3rd, but the vote by mail ballots go out on February 3rd. You get it in the mail, you'll fill it out, and then you'll put it in the envelope that they give you. There's no postage now in California for any election, so you don't have to worry about stamps. Throw it in the mail and you're done. If you wait until Election Day, March 3rd, rather than putting in the mail, you can take it to the county building and drop it off there. There's even a drive-through drop-off spot that I've used many times. Voting by mail, by the way, is what about three quarters of voters do in our county, and I recommend it. It's easier. You don't have to wait in line. You can research the candidates at your leisure. It's great. Now, if you, some people prefer to vote at the polls. If that's the case, you'll get a card in the mail that says where your polling place is, and you'll go there and vote. What's new this year is that there will also be satellite voting centers in addition to your polling place. There will be 10 of these satellite centers. They will be at places like the Watsonville City Clerk's Office, the County Clerk's Office, and Simpkins Family Swim Center in Live Oak, among others. The beauty of this is that they're open not just on Election Day, March 3rd, but they'll actually be open starting Saturday, February 29th. This system may increase voter turnout because Tuesdays aren't necessarily easy for people to vote because most people work on Tuesdays. The satellite centers are a test. Because the trend has been much more toward vote by mail, possibly in 2022, the county will go toward vote by mail plus these satellite centers and get rid of the normal polling places. 14 other counties in California already use this satellite model. Also new this year for Santa Cruz County is a voting machine upgrade. Stephen, can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. It's basically an upgrade of the old tablets that the county used before. The major difference for the voter is that you're filling in a bubble rather than connecting a line. And then after you make your selections, it spits out paper. You check the paper to make sure it's what you want, and then you give it to the county. All that process is the same. These machines are not connected to the internet, and there's a paper trail. We learned a couple more interesting things from Gail, but they're a little bit wonky, so we put them at the end of this episode. If you want to learn more about interesting tidbits about our local elections, stay tuned after the credits. All right, Kara, tell us what's going to be on this ballot. What's on your ballot is going to depend on where you live. 
there's races and ballot measures that are only specific to certain cities and areas. But there are a couple things that almost everyone will see. For example, there's a Cabrillo Community College $274 million bond that voters will decide. That bond would fund capital improvements like new buildings. There's also a judge's race that everyone in Santa Cruz County will vote on. It's for the replacement for Judge Ari Simons. There's three candidates, Anne Ray Angel, Nancy De La Pena, and Jack Gordon. Another race that everyone in Santa Cruz County will vote on is for the state Senate seat vacated by Bill Monning. He represented State Senate District 17. He's now termed out, and there are four candidates who are vying to replace him. One candidate is John Laird. He's a former mayor of Santa Cruz. He was also the Natural Resources Secretary under Governor Jerry Brown. Another candidate is Maria Cadenas. She's the Executive Director of Santa Cruz Community Ventures. It's a nonprofit that deals with income inequality issues. For example, they've helped people set up college funds for kids. A third candidate is Vicki Norden. She describes herself as a businesswoman. And a fourth candidate is John Neville. He's a rancher and respiratory therapist from King City. Santa Cruz County residents will also vote on one of two seats in the U.S. House of Representatives. Jimmy Panetta and Anna Eshoo are both running for re-election. Panetta's district runs from the city of Santa Cruz south through Monterey County all the way to San Luis Obispo. Panetta's running for his third term. He's a veteran and former prosecutor. The first challenger is Watsonville resident Adam Bolaño-Scow. Bolaño-Scow is a former California director of the environmental nonprofit Food and Water Watch. The other challenger is Republican Jeff Gorman, a small business owner. The other race is for Congresswoman Anna Eshoo's seat. Her district runs from San Lorenzo Valley north through the Bay Area. Eshoo was first elected to the House of Representatives in 1992. Right now, she chairs the Health Subcommittee. Eshoo has four challengers. There's two Republicans, Phil Reynolds and Richard Fox, Libertarian Bob Goodwin, and a Democrat, Rishi Kumar. Kumar is a Saratoga City Council member. The main races that Santa Cruz Local is going to cover are Santa Cruz City Council and the Santa Cruz County Board of Supervisors. There's a whole bunch of other races and ballot measures that are going to be on your ballot, but we felt these were the races that are totally in our wheelhouse. We've been at every Santa Cruz City Council meeting since February, and we've started covering the Board of Supervisors a couple months ago. We really want to go deep in, on these races. Before we talk a little bit about those races, let's, let's just talk briefly about what else you'll see on your ballot. If you live in the city of Santa Cruz, you'll see a ballot measure about public works contracts. Basically, it would allow more flexibility in how the public works department awards contracts. It could potentially allow a single firm to design and build large projects. The idea would be to save money. We wrote about it on our website in November. If you live in the Santa Cruz City School District, you'll see another measure about district elections. This measure would basically allow the school district to have district elections rather than at-large elections. We talked about this process in episode 38. 
We also have one statewide bond measure. It's called Prop 13, but it's not the Prop 13 that you're thinking about. It's also known as AB48. It's a $15 billion bond that would fund capital improvements in K through 12 schools, plus colleges like the UC system and CSU systems. Okay, so let's set the stage for the four races that we'll be covering in depth. There's of course, the Santa Cruz City Council recall votes for council members Drew Glover and Chris Crone. If you live in the city of Santa Cruz, you'll see four questions on your ballot related to the recall. Two will be whether Drew Glover and Chris Crone should be recalled. If a majority of voters pass the recall, then the seat would go to the top vote getter in the next question, which lists the candidates who are vying for those seats. Who are the candidates for Chris Crone's seat? Don Lane, former mayor, and another former mayor, Catherine Byers. And then who are the candidates for Drew Glover's seat? Another former mayor, Tim Fitzmorris, and Renee Golder, who is an educator in Santa Cruz City Schools. Stephen, tell us a little bit about the Board of Supervisors and the upcoming races. Well, the Board of Supervisors is a five-person body. It represents all of Santa Cruz County. Even if you live in an incorporated city like Santa Cruz or Capitola, you still have a county supervisor who represents you. So in this election, there are three seats up for grabs. All three incumbents are running for re-election. The first race is uncontested. This is Bruce McPherson's District 5. This area covers essentially San Lorenzo Valley and environs. There are no other candidates running, but you can put in a write-in candidate if you want. The second seat is for County Supervisor District 2. This covers Aptos, La Selva Beach, and a lot of areas south of there, all the way to Coralitos. The incumbent is Zach Friend, and the challenger in this race is Becky Steinbrunner. Then the third race is for County Supervisor District 1. This district covers Live Oak, Soquel, and a big part of the Santa Cruz Mountains north of there. John Leopold is running for his fourth term. There are five challengers, Manu Koenig, Donald Krutz, Mark Escabel, Benjamin Kogan, and Betsy Riker. So if you live in one of these three county supervisor districts, one of these will appear on your ballot. All right, and one last question from Santa Cruz local listener, Sean McMurdo. How do you check the results after the polls close on March 3? Well, what reporters do is go to votescount.com and then right when the polls close or shortly thereafter, there's a dump of all the votes that have already been counted from the vote by mail part of it. And then often hours later in spurts, there are vote tallies that show up on the site. It usually takes several weeks for the election to be certified, but you'll get a clear picture over the next day or so. Some races you'll get an idea of who won that night, and others you'll have to wait for the official count. We'll have an episode two after the election wrapping up the results that we know. The last thing we want to tell you about is our coverage for the upcoming election. Like we said in a previous episode, it's going to be different from what other local media have traditionally done with elections coverage. We are focusing on you, 
the community and what your needs and your priorities are. Over the next few weeks in January, we'll be having these open newsroom office hours around the county and asking the question, what is it that you want candidates to be talking about as they compete for your vote? We want to hear what your issues are. The list of these events is posted at santacruzlocal.org events. We'll add to the list as we confirm more places in the next few days. Here's three to whet your appetite. This Saturday, January 11th, from 9 to noon, we'll be at Cat and Cloud Coffee Shop in Aptos Village. On Sunday, January 12th, from 9 to 1, we'll be at Live Oak Farmer's Market on East Cliff Drive. And then on Monday, January 13th, from 9 to 1, we'll be at People's Coffee at 1217th Avenue in Live Oak. There's also a survey that's in our newsletter where you can give us your feedback. Your feedback really will guide our questions and what we're pressing the candidates on. One of the things we're already hearing is some of you want to hear more about campaign finance, for example, with the recall campaign. How was it funded? How much money did they raise? Where did the money come from? We'll be looking at campaign finance for all of the city council and board of soups races. And so that'll be looped in with our episodes. Here's one last piece of advice from Gail Pellerin, the county clerk, about voting. The best advice I have for voters is to plan ahead, make a plan for voting, do that democracy checkup, make sure you're registered at the right address with the right political party for the ballot you want to vote. But if you miss all that and you miss the deadlines and you're in the, those last four days or the last few hours on election day, we can still get you voted and still make sure that ballot counts. It's just come with some patience because there could be long lines and it could take some time. If you're not on our newsletter yet, please consider joining. The sign-up is at santacruzlocal.org. Also, if you find our work useful and you want to support Santa Cruz Local, please consider becoming a member. Membership info is at santacruzlocal.org membership. Thank you to all our members, and especially our Defender and Guardian level members. Chris Necklison, Patrick Riley, Elizabeth and David Doolin, the Kelly family, and Claire Darling. I'm Kara Myberg-Guzman. And I'm Stephen Baxter. Thanks for listening to Santa Cruz Local. You're still here? <laughs> Why are you still here? Okay, here's a couple of quick tidbits that we didn't put in the major episode. You ready? <laughs> About voting. If you're registered to vote online, the county checks the signature on your ballot against the signature that's on your driver's license. Isn't that crazy? It's, I mean, that it is what it is. That takes a lot of work. So Gail Pellerin said, if you want to make sure that your stuff matches, pull out your California driver's license and then sign it just like that. Sign your ballot just like that. Interesting. <laughs> Number two, party affiliation. This actually happened to me a long time ago. A lot of people call themselves independents, but there's also a party affiliation on there called American Independent Party, which is actually more conservative than the Republican Party, and they have their own primaries and their own party system. So if you sign up for that party, you're going to get that ballot in the mail with American Independent Party candidates on there that 
maybe you've never heard of. American Independent Party does not mean independent. Right. And people get those confused. So don't make that. Dis- <laughs> so don't be one of them. Just FYI. Yeah. Just FYI.